Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn your Bibles to Matt, or I'm sorry, Romans, Romans chapter 2, and we'll begin in verse 17. Romans chapter 2. Beginning in verse 17. Now, I, I, every week since we've gotten to chapter 1, verse 17, I have been reminding us. Uh, from chapter 1, verse 17, all the way into chapter 3, Paul is talking about the deep sinfulness of humanity. And we love to hear that, don't we? No, no we don't love to hear that. We, we don't like to hear someone tell us we're sinful, but we're sinners. Um, but yet, uh, the, the, in the context here, we need to know that we're sinners because we need to know why we need the gospel. We need to know why we need the gospel. Uh, Paul started off the letter to the Romans saying um, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And we saw how... Uh, how uh, after that, he says, in, uh, well, in the gospel, God's power is revealed, but in um, his wrath is revealed also from heaven against all unrighteousness. Uh, so we see his wrath that's displayed through death and through sickness and suffering, and also through the moral degradation of society. Uh, Paul, in chapter 1, went on and on and on about how sinful the Gentile world was. Uh, And he he, he heaped that on, and and, in chapter 2, just kind of uh, bringing us around to where we're at, chapter 2, Paul then turns his attention from the Gentile world to the Jewish moralist. Now, he he didn't start off by pointing out and saying uh, to the Jew... He was just talking about uh, someone who was this moralist who was uh, um, basically cheering Paul on. Uh, you've got uh, Paul talking about how bad the Gentile world was, uh, about all their sinfulness, and you can just kind of hear this arguing partner with Paul saying, all right, man, preach it, preach it. And Paul um, as we've said already, he, uh, uh, he then turns to this arguing partner and says, you're guilty of the same thing. Um, he points out the hypocrisy in this moralist. He, 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 he says, you're guilty of the same thing and you're heaping wrath upon yourself for the day of judgment because while you say one thing, you do another. Um, which brings us here to chapter 17. And we see this uh, hypocrisy being played out again. And this time, in, chapter, in verse 17, he finally names his opponent. He, 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 he's now specifically saying that he's talking about the, the Jewish, the unbelieving Jews. Let's go ahead and look at our text, beginning in verse 17. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God 
and know his will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law. And if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of the knowledge of truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? Do you, who, do you say that one must not commit adultery? Do you commit adultery? Do you who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all of it. Both the gospel that shows us the good news of Jesus and how we can be saved and, Lord, those parts that come very close to home that that show us our sinful nature and our need for the gospel. For if it wasn't for those passages, we would never know that we need it and we could never be saved. Father, give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to believe and obey. Lord, be with me. Give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul begins here. But if you call yourself a Jew, I want to uh, kind of start with a little bit of caution through the years. um, There have been many who have misunderstood the way Paul treats the Jews. Uh, He was a Jew. Uh, And so I I don't want passages like this to be any kind of excuse for any kind of anti-Semitism. even, even people like Martin Luther, a great reformer, uh, saw, had a very negative view of uh, the Jews because of passages like this. Uh, Paul himself was a Jew. All of the disciples were Jews. Jesus was a Jew. And so I don't think here he is condemning Jews for being Jews. No, what, Jesus, what Paul here is doing is he's talking about unbelieving Jews. Unbelieving Jews. Jews who had rejected the Messiah. And he is showing here the hypocrisy that they had. He says, but you who call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know His will and approve what is excellent, He gives a list here of some qualities about the Jews here. And these are true things about the Jews. And they are also not negative. You know, we we can almost jump to thinking about, well, he's listing up a bunch of negative things. No, he's not. He's saying good things, positive things. There's nothing wrong with any of these things. Listen to him again. You rely on the law. Now, um, we might 
possibly see that a little bit negative. But remember, the Old Testament sees the law as a good thing. The, the law restores my soul, as uh, Psalm 119 says. The, the law is a good thing. It leads us to God. His law is perfect. For, so the Bible itself says the law is good. And, and they were relying on the law. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And they boast in God. Again, that's not a bad thing. They were not boasting in themselves. They were not boasting about how good they were. They were boasting in God. Hey, look at how great God is. This is not a negative thing. Then, then it says, and know His will. Well, if they, if they have the law, that reveals, that's how God revealed His will to His people. And so because they have the law, they can say, we know the will of God. And that's a good thing. And then He says, know His will and approve what is excellent. They had a distinction between what is good and what is evil, what is right and what is wrong. And they approved of what was excellent. They approved of what was good. And all those things are good things. So what Paul here is doing is he's he's lifting up all the benefits that they have. All of these good things. They, They have the law. They rely on the law. They boast in God. They know His will. And they approve what is excellent. And why is it that they do all those things? The next part here says, because you were instructed from the law. All of those things flow from the fact that they have been instructed by the law, the Torah, the Old Testament. They have the Bible. They have God's revelation from Himself. And because they had the Bible, they could say all those things. They rely on the law. They they boast in God. They They know His will and they approve what is excellent. All those things are good. And then He moves on and He lists some more things. He says... And if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law an embodiment of the knowledge and truth. Again, he lists four things. Four good things. They have the law. And because they have the law, because they have God's Word, the Bible, they're able to say, they are a guide to the blind. It's our light unto our uh, lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, right? And, and because they have the law, they should be able to be a guide to those in who there were blind, and they should be able, be able to be a light to those who were in darkness. And then, they were a, an instructor of the foolish. The, the, the Word of God has wisdom. And because they had the Word of God, they were able to teach those who were foolish. And, and maybe, you know, that should mean they, they should be able to teach the Gentiles about the God who created the universe. And then, uh, you, you, you're a teacher of children. 
The Jewish people, I mean, they taught their children. I mean, Deuteronomy chapter 6, what we read last week is our, our uh, uh, reading about how, how they were to teach their children diligently day and night when they rise up and when they lie down. And uh, as they walk along the way, they're to teach their children. Paul is not saying a bunch of negative things here about the Jews. He's saying a lot of positive things. But... Well, and, and before I move on to the but here, uh, having in the law an embodiment of the knowledge of truth. Why were they able to do all those things? Why were they able to be a teacher of children? And why were they able to be a, a, a light to the blind and a, and a, a, a leader, a, a guide to those who uh, are actually a guide to the blind and a light uh, to those in darkness? Why were they able to do that? Because that in the law they had the embodiment of the knowledge uh, of all knowledge and truth they had in god's word all of that benefit and because they had the truth the knowledge of the truth they should have been able to be all those things then he says he points the finger then you who teach others do you not teach yourself? He's pointing out their hypocrisy. You've got all this benefit. And you do. You teach these things. You point out the law, the law that is good. And yet, Paul says to these unbelieving Jews, don't you teach yourself? They teach one thing, but yet they fall short of the very standard they teach. Then he says, while you preach against stealing, do you steal? He indicts them. The answer there is expecting is, yes, they steal. You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? And again, he's expecting the answer, they do. And you who abhor idols, do you rob temples? And again, Paul, I think, is expecting the answer. Yes. They do. Now, maybe they wouldn't admit it. Maybe they wouldn't admit it. Uh, so we do need to look a little bit deeper here and, 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 uh, and try, to, try to understand what exactly Paul means here. By saying that these Jewish people who teach the law steal and commit adultery and rob temples. I mean, probably none of the, none of the Jews that Paul is talking to here would, would admit that they do those things. What does Paul mean here? There's a couple of things that he could mean. One, um, he can say, well, you... Um, who say no, you don't do those things. Maybe you don't. But other Jews do. And so we're back to the point we made in previous weeks. There's no uh, benefit necessarily. There's no... Um, uh, just being a Jew and having a law doesn't automatically make you a part of God's people. Because some do those things. Then uh, Paul might also answer, if someone says, no, I don't do those things, Paul might answer, um, well, maybe you don't do those specific sins, 
But you know there are areas where you don't. There may be other areas that were not mentioned here that you know in your heart of hearts there's things that you do, that you teach others not to do, and yet you fall short of the very standard that you're given. And then there's a third way, I think, where this can be true. Where Paul, I think, can say every single one of them has failed in each one of these areas. And let's just think back on the Sermon on the Mount. What does the Sermon on the Mount have to do with this? Well, Jesus says, um, you've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. I say to you, everyone who has looked at a woman with lust in his heart, uh, lustful intent has uh, committed adultery already. You've heard it said, do not commit murder, and yet I say to you, if you even hate your brother in your heart, you've commit, committed murder already. And Jesus said, he, he turns everything from the, the, the explicit uh, letter of the law until to the spirit of the law. And I think uh, there's evidence for that in the next chapter, and not in the next chapter, but in the next section that we'll look at next week because he talks about the matter of the spirit and the, and the letter, the difference between the spirit and the letter. Paul here, I think, is, is saying that each one of them is guilty even of those sins. Now, and how can they be guilty of those things? Well, the law was not meant to be kept meticulously as a list of rules. The law was intended to be kept by faith. By faith in God. And so uh, these unbelieving Jews, they were, they were using it as a badge of honor to say, look at me, I can keep the law. Well, when they don't live the law by faith, they rob God of His glory. When they... When they when they try to meticulously keep all the, like just a bunch of rules, they're stealing something from God. They're stealing the faith that He deserves. The faith in Him that He, he deserves. Whenever they do that, they're committing spiritual adultery. Maybe not physical adultery, but they're committing spiritual adultery. They have, have left the the the. the the one who called them to Himself. They've left Him and gone after other things. And in that, they are idolaters themselves. And we've gone to the third one. Now, lest, uh, lest I uh, go through this and sound like I'm pointing a finger at the Jews... I don't want to do that. Because the Word of God is, is not meant for us to, to take on in our ears and then just say, well, yeah, somebody so-and-so needs to hear that. Yeah, they sure needed to hear that. When we hear God's Word, when he, we hear Him talking about sin, our instinct is often a self-protective measure and we say, oh yeah, so-and-so needed to hear that. But the truth is, when God's Word comes to us, we need to hear it as a rock dropping on us. He's saying that to us. And, and we, uh, me, 
among all people. We as a church and, and conservative Christians, we can be very guilty of these things. We have the law. We have God's Word. We are a light to the blind. A light to, the, to those in darkness. We are a teacher of children. We do all these things. And yet we can find ourselves to where we go in every week and we hear God's Word over and over and over again. We may read our Bibles faithfully. We may study the Word. We may get a lot of intake in our heads and we don't do it. While Paul here is indicting the unbelieving Jew... I think we need to be very careful that we don't look at this text and think, yeah, Paul, go ahead, do it, give it to him. No, we need to understand that Paul is talking to us. There is a deep, deep danger in hearing the Word, hearing the Word, and then we harden our hearts and we go out and we don't do it. We don't put it into practice. We may come before and we may declare to the world what sin is. We've got the right position on marriage. We've got the right position on homosexuality. We've got the right position on all these cultural issues. And yet, we're guilty. Verse 23. You who boast in the law, Dishonor God by breaking the law. When we do the same thing, we dishonor God. And God is worthy of all honor and all glory and all praise. The, he, that's what sin is. It's when we dishonor God. He has given us a commandment. He deserves all of our worship. He deserves all of our praise. He deserves every minute of every day. All of our love for Him and Him alone. And yet, we fall short. We don't love Him with all of our heart and all of our strength and all of our mind. We don't do it. We don't measure up. And we dishonor God. I'm so thankful for the Gospel. We need to hear this because if we don't get this, we don't really understand the full impact of Romans 1.16. The Gospel is the power of God and salvation for those who believe. If we don't get this, we don't understand what we've been saved from. The Gospel that Jesus, that God sent His Son, second person of the Trinity, into the world, lived a spotless, sinless life because we couldn't... He, he, he fulfilled the law every jot, every tittle. He fulfilled the law and He went as a spotless lamb to the cross, died as a sacrifice for our sins. 
Because we could never do it. He died in our place as a substitute. And if we just believe on Him, trust in Him, rely on Jesus, on the blood of Jesus that was shed for us, we can be forgiven. We don't get the full impact of that unless we get the full impact of sin. And how we are sinners. Even if we live upright, moral lives, we could never do it on our own apart from the blood of Jesus. And the final verse. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. It hurts our witness. When the world sees our own hypocrisy, it hurts our witness when the world sees that though we say one thing, we do another. The answer is not to hide. The answer is not to try to put on a better show. The answer is to fall into the arms of Jesus. The answer is to trust in Him. The answer is to say, we are just wretched sinners just like the rest of the world. And it's only God's grace and God's mercy that has reached down and gotten a sinner like me. That's the answer. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.